this is Fate with Girls Gone Right. And this is Megan, and we have a very special guest with us today. We have Madison Cawthorn, former congressman for the United States. How are you, Madison? I'm great. Very excited <laughs> to be on the show. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, We're so happy to have you in Nashville. You. I mean, it's always a good, anytime you have a good excuse to come to Nashville, you have to take it. Yeah. Welcome to Music City. Um, yes. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2024 candidates. Great. First candidate, as we know, Trump is running again. Yeah. So, how do you, what is your stance on his, him running again? So, when I first ran for Congress, um, Donald Trump actually endorsed against me. And uh, yeah, he had never lost a primary election battle where he had endorsed somebody in, in Congress ever. Yeah. Um, there was one situation with Thomas Massey, but that, that, that didn't really count. But when he had endorsed somebody in an open seat, that person always wins. And anyways, when that happened, you know, my, my campaign was being ran very differently. You know, I'd never ran a campaign before. I was 24 years old. And at that moment, you know, I, I remember we were all sitting at this big table, and Donald Trump endorsed, and, you know, some guy walked up to my chair and was like, hey, Donald Trump just endorsed your opponent. Yeah. Oh, and so it was a very yeah. somber moment. I just, I smiled. I got really happy. I was like, guys, I, I, I genuinely believe this means we're going to win. And they looked at me like I was crazy and I said, I mean, just think about it. Like, God always wants the credit in every single victory that you see throughout the Bible and all these things. I mean, look at David versus Goliath. He made it the most difficult battle that you could ever overcome. So when I heard that Donald Trump had endorsed against me, something that seemed like an impossibility in that situation, I was very confident that we were going to be able to win. Um, also, I was running as a much more hardcore Trump candidate than the person that he endorsed. Uh, there was like some, some personal connections there with somebody in his, uh, his council. And so that's why he got involved in the race. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I was able to, to beat him um, in that race, which was unheard of, which was great. Uh, shout out to the people of Western North Carolina. And then as things kept going on, I remember Donald Trump called that night and, you know, he, he, I will go into the details of the conversation, but he's like, Matt, you even beat me. Like, that's incredible. And then um, I, I just like, well, sir, I'll let you make it up to me. It was really cool because, you know, when I answered the phone, I was drawn the way back from the victory party. Somebody said, oh, this is Chris on the, on the Air Force One switchboard. I'm going to connect. Would, do you have time to be connected to the president? I was wow. going to say, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And then I uh, got to talk to him, and then I told him, well, sir, I'll let you make it up to me. You know, just, almost as a joke. Yeah. And he loved that and then invited me and my whole family up to the White House. And then after that, he asked me to speak at the uh, the RNC. And wow. that really changed my life. You know, 60 yeah. million viewers, it was a great opportunity. Um and then after that, you know, I've gotten to see him in a lot of situations. I got to see him, you know, when he was making difficult choices. I got to see him when he was, you know, at home with his wife and his family and just get to talk to him about, you know, what was it like when you were killing Soleimani? Like, what were some strategic decisions you had to make before you did that? And, you know, it's one of those situations where you're sitting down, like, if you could have dinner with anyone, what would you ask? Yeah. And so that was a really cool situation. But I've also seen the man go out on a limb for people when it's not politically expedient. His loyalty is unquestionable. I mean, I'm serious. Like, I, you could call him right now and he would answer the phone and say, what, what can I do for you? Anything I can do. He's generous. He's kind, very shrewd, very smart. Um, so I think, you know, he, he's a dynamo. He's going to be very difficult to beat. Uh, you saw what happened in 2016 when, you know, the field was, you know, 14 strong. He does better when there's more people to attack. You know, he can just mm -hmm. sit there. And most people will be like, okay, my target for this debate is this person. Where Donald Trump walks in and is like, I'm destroying all of you. Everybody. And it's going to be great. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's a situation where I, I found that even a lot of the people he was running against started sitting there just like kind of nodding their head like, wow, I, I mean, yeah, I agree with this guy. You all should vote for him. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I think he's a shoe in for the victory. You know, he, he just keeps getting better and better. But I have no doubt he will win. Okay. Yeah, I like that energy, and I think you are very much spot on. He has such a great 
personality, and that's what makes him stand out from the other candidates, is he's extremely likable, and he just has character to him, and he's so funny. He has he's so many iconic moments. Human. Yeah, he he's, is. He's very much human, whereas a lot of, or most politicians are just politicians. But I feel like with Trump, there is some things that I think he could be a little bit more polished on, but I, I do love that about him, that he is not polished, that he is just human. He talks to you like a human. And you know, people, people get onto that all the time. It's like, well, I wish he wasn't so rude. I wish he didn't, have, didn't do all these things or he yeah. was so brash. One, we need to remember culturally where he's from. He's from New York uh-huh. City, so kind of a harsh city. But two, I like the fact that he's got a little fight in him. I yeah, like the fact yeah. he's not going to sit there. And he says the things that, you know, are just so true. That especially, mm-hmm. like, what if I was sitting around with my guys, you know, let's say we're shooting out of the gun range, we're just out hunting hogs or whatever. He says stuff that we would say. Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, when Megyn Kelly asked him, he's like, you've called women horses, you've called them dog-faced pony, or whatever yeah. he's saying. And then he said, only Rosie O'Donnell. I mean, I, <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair. Or then, like, when, I, I think the moment I realized he was absolutely going to win the 2016 election it was when Hillary Clinton was getting on to him about his taxes and that the fact that he doesn't pay him any taxes and that he always tries to get out. And then he sat there and said, he said, yeah, I try to not pay the taxes. I, I want to pay the least yeah. amount of taxes I possibly can. <laughs> yeah, like that's and what then, everyone's thinking. And then everyone amount. in the crowd started booing. He said, you know why all these people are booing? Because they're all donors to get into here. Yeah. And he said, mm-hmm. but I guarantee none of you will change the tax code yeah. because all of you donors want the same tax code because you use the same loopholes. And I said, that's a guy who's just speaking for the American people. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he's not putting it through, well, how is that going to sound, you know, with the with the uh, the test party and the test subjects? He's not putting it through yeah. a soundboard to go through 20 consultants. He just sits there. And the thing I love about watching him at rallies is he does soundboarding with just normal American crowds and rallies. You know, 10,000 mm-hmm. people will sit there and be like, how do you guys feel about, you know, uh, Josh Hawley as my VP? You know, then he'll base it on the, the, the crowd reaction of like, oh, people like him. Okay, wow. we're going to do that. And so I think it's pretty incredible. Another fun fact about Trump is he is alcohol-free, which I just learned this. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I, I was so shocked, mm-hmm. but I think that that says a lot about his character because a lot of people just think that he's too much, he's over the top, his personality's too big. But he's honestly has such a good character that speaks volumes. He's so personable. He wants to get to know our country. He cares about our country. And he's dedicated. And because of the trauma that he suffered with the alcohol accident, uh, his brother, he he doesn't drink. Yeah. Which I find that just so inspiring Mm -hmm. and heartwarming, the reason why he's doing it. So that made me like him even more. I mean, I I remember when he met one of my nieces, you know, he told her, you know, no alcohol, no cigarettes, um, and no drugs. I mean, and that's, he just pounds that all the time. You can watch clips of him saying it in the 70s. He's been the same guy since he's been in The Bubble Guy. Yeah, and that's really important too, is he stayed the same. Right. He has not changed for his audience, which a lot of candidates do change themselves for their audience and who they want to get to vote for them, they're chameleons, and Trump is not. Right. What is Trump's biggest weakness? Trump's biggest weakness? I mean, that, that, that's a difficult question because you, know, you would say his biggest weakness is the administrative state and the the you know the network medias who are always after him mm. and people who are trying to pin him on every single little thing he does. But at the same time, that's one of his biggest strengths because I mean, I, I mean, how many business owners have suffered under what an IRS audit is like, or how many gun store owners have had to have an ATF agent come and like, well, this 
One looks like an eye, so you know, you're losing your license and you can't feed your family from now on. Yeah. And you know, Americans have seen what the administrative state can do and what these three-letter agencies come in and destroy your 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 businesses. You know, people who are trying to apply for a liquor license and having to wait months and months. And it's like, oh, this isn't working for my investment ideas, and like this isn't gonna yeah. be able to pan out. Are people who are trying to build a new building to give you know low-income housing uh, in communities that need it? So well then the EPA comes and it's like, well, there is a six-inch stream right there, so you can't move that, so you're not gonna be able to build here. And, you know, when I see a candidate who is being attacked and ravaged by the people who attack and ravage the American people, I'm like, that guy gets it. He understands it. I mean, this, you know, it's, they always attack who they fear. And so if, you know, the bombers that, you know, come yes. home with no bullet holes in them, those are the ones that weren't over any targets that mattered. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's that, it, it, although it is his biggest weakness that these people are all out after him, mm-hmm. it's also his greatest strength because it makes people yeah. like me be like, I will die for that man. Yeah. Yeah. The loyalty. I agree. So his greatest strength can also, or his greatest weakness can also be a strength. Right. 